Hey everybody, it's your girl Lady J. Welcome to another episode of the Business Bangers Spotlight. Thank you all for tuning in tonight to the show. We have a wonderful guest for you, of course. But before we get into that, you all know how we do. We have to kick the show off with the formalities. So, if you would like to become a regular or faithful JQLM Radio listener or share it with family, friends, followers, clients, listeners that listen to other stations, then feel free to share. The JQLM Radio app is available on your Android or Apple devices. You can also get JQLM Radio on the TuneIn Radio app. Just search for JQLM Radio there. You make sure you make it a favorite. Also, you can get JQLM Radio on the Streama Simple Radio app. Or you can tune in straight from the JQLM Radio Facebook page. Just click on the Use App button and you'll be tuned right on in. Or you can tune in from our website at www.egoentertainmentnet.com. That's www.egoentertainmentnet.com. As you all know, JQLM Radio is a division of Ego Entertainment Network. Also, if you miss any of the shows live, you can always catch them on any of your major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Deezer, and CastBox. And we have to give a shout out to our sponsors. So Business Banker Spotlight show is sponsored in part by Rada Patel, owner of Single Tashadi. This is not your parents' matchmaker. Single Tashadi is a matchmaker service for urban South Asian singles looking to find meaningful relationships without ever having to use traditional dating apps. Single Tashadi believes love is love and their goal is to help you find your perfect match. Visit www.singletoshadi.com today. That's www.singletoshadi.com. Also, the Business Banger Spotlight Show is sponsored in part by Nora Candles, owned by Nora. Nora Candles are Arabian-scented candles made with non-GMO soy, natural plant-based wax, lead-free wick, and more safe, clean products. The candles are uplifting and stimulate positive energy. To purchase your Nora Candles, visit www.nuracandles.com today. That's N-U-R-A candles.com. You get 15% off when you use the code Lady J. Make sure that you all let them know that JQLM Radio or Lady J sent you their way. All right. So it is now time for us to introduce our guests for the night. So our guest for the night is none other than Miss Jasmine Alvarez. She is the founder of Pretty Well Beauty a clean beauty and wellness e-commerce platform. Her goal is to set the highest standards when it comes to shopping and discovering clean green beauty brands. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm willing yourself. Great. Glad to be here. Good. So before we hop into what it is that you actually do uh, for living through your brand, let's talk a little bit about you. Can you give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. Um, so I am originally from the Bay Area, California, but I say I grew up in New York because this is basically where I've lived the last 15 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I started my career in fashion. I was a model agent and then I was a casting director and producer working with brands like um, Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein. I was an editor at Condé Nast. Um, and I decided that, um, I wanted to, I I feel like I've always been entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I decided to make the transition after leaving Ralph Lauren in 2018, 
um, it, it, it felt very natural for me because I've been freelance most of my career. Um, so it wasn't that big of a leap. I mean, it was, but it, it was, it wasn't as big of a leap as someone who I guess would say was used to a typical nine to five, or maybe they worked in a super corporate environment for, for 10 plus years or whatever. Um, so I've always had a, a great love of beauty. I, I, my mother was a hairstylist. So I've been immersed in the world of beauty my entire life. I pretty much grew up in a hair salon. So, um, yeah, even, even working in fashion when I would be on set for shoots, for example, I was never really that interested in the fashion. I was always interested in the, in the beauty. I would always, I would always <laughs> sort of go over to where the hair and makeup artists were and asking them like, Oh, what are you using? What is that? How do you do this? Like, you know, that. so Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, beauty has always been my first love, whether I knew it or not. <laughs> okay, so that's very interesting, working with big names like Calvin Klein and Ralph Lauren. Um, would you say that, or I should say, I should ask, did any of the MUAs give you tips, you know, on products and, you know, how to launch a line or anything like that? Or did they allow you to, you know, watch them as they worked? Oh, yeah, I was always able to watch. I was a producer, so it was my job to kind of keep tabs on what everybody was doing. I was the one sort of running the entire show. Um, But in terms of tips um, on how to launch a business or a brand, absolutely not. But I did learn some tips on, you know, different, like, makeup application techniques and um, what type of products to use um, for different skin types because, you know, makeup artists, for example, when they're working with models, the models have all different types of skin as well. I already knew a lot about hair, so there wasn't really anything a hairstylist on set could teach me that I didn't already know, being the daughter of a hairstylist myself. Mm -hmm. So I just already kind of had a lot of um, um, ingrained knowledge um, already there. Um, But yeah, learning and seeing the different brands that they were liking and how they would use different things that may have been intended for one part of the face, using it on a different part of the place, you know, of the face, like for example, using lipstick on the cheeks or on the eyes, um, mm-hmm. on the eyelids. That's something that even I still do. That wasn't a tip that I've picked up from makeup artists. I don't, I don't even remember who, mm-hmm. um, but little things like that I've picked up and how to do that, you know, dewy sort of highlighter um, um, application the way um so it doesn't look like you're greasy because there's a fine line <laughs> between dewy oh, yeah. and greasy so if you have oily skin <laughs> me personally i really don't like the highlighter application so i have an mua that does my makeup um, when i'm doing uh shoots or sets for tv and things of that sort and i honestly don't like the glow look um because it just looks unnatural oh, to me so <laughs> that's, the, that's the first <laughs> yeah i really don't <laughs> it, it can't it's all about the application to be honest because i know what you mean I've seen I've seen some iterations of that, um, and it it looks bad. It's it's all bad. <laughs> but if you if you have a really skilled um, makeup artist who really understands the way the light hits, mm-hmm. depending on the way that the light hits for a photo shoot is very different than how it looks in real life, and it also looks differently with your when you're on film on right. camera for a moving image. So having a makeup artist who understands all of those nuances is really key. I agree. So tell me what it was like transitioning from, you know, producing for Ralph Lauren and Calvin Klein into building your own beauty brand. 
it was really scary. I had a lot of moments where I was like, oh my God, am I doing this? Am I doing this? Am I doing this? <laughs> I guess I'm doing this. Um, for me, it was just kind of like a uh, now or never moment that I kind of came to. I kind of got to a point in my career where I felt like I had plateaued. I kind of got to the place where I felt like I kind of got to the where my earning potential was, was being capped. I, I found it very oh. difficult to move past. Um, I mean, I was, you know, working with very high level um, talent and creatives. So, um, and it was great. I loved every, well, most of it. So, <laughs> but I, I, I did, I, I had been wanting to do my own thing for a while. It was always something that I had thought about in the back of my head. So when I was leaving Ralph Lauren, um, that's what it was. It was like, usually when I leave a job, my, my instinct is, okay, I'm going to go, um, you know, take some time for me and I'm going to, then I'm going to go and like, you know, put some feelers up. I had no interest in doing that. I knew I wanted to start something that I, that I believed in and that I could build from scratch and do it the way that I want to do it and be able to do it from a perspective of of my personal experiences and be able to offer people um, a solution that I struggled with when I was first starting to enter the clean beauty space about eight or nine years ago. Okay, so tell us um, about your brand. What products do you actually sell? Do you make them or are you a franchise? Um, like, did you uh, buy into a franchise? And who is your target group? So no, there's no franchise. I um, I work as a traditional retailer. So just like you can go to Sephora.com and buy a bunch of products from a bunch of different brands, I work the exact same way. Only difference is that I only carry clean, non-toxic, plant-based products. Mm-hmm. Um, I have about 30 brands that I carry. When I first launched, I had 12. Now I have 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably cap it somewhere between 45 and 50 because my goal is really to keep it very edited. I only want the best of the best, and there are certain criteria that um, that I look for um, when when I'm considering a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as you mentioned in, in the opening, I am looking to set the highest standards for the clean beauty space, um, which is a really unique opportunity because the word, the term clean beauty, hasn't actually been um, universally defined <laughs> still. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, um, I do plan to eventually create my own line of products. I want to start with the hair care line and that would be something I would have available at Pretty Well Beauty, but it would also be something I would have available at select, um, boutiques and retailers as well outside of my business. Okay. And who... Uh, who do you normally market to? Like, are you being in the industry that you were in before you transitioned into the beauty care industry? Um, do you, are, are your clients mostly like high celeb clients or those MUAs that uh, are, you know, um, personal or are part of the personal stylist team of celebs or, or do you carry products for the everyday individual? Yeah, my products are for everyone who wants to have a more holistic, natural approach to their personal care and beauty. So most of the people who shop at Pretty Well Beauty are women. Um, They're normal women that have jobs and families and they're busy. And 
I wanted to make sure that the price points um, were were um, diverse. I didn't want the barrier of entry to be too high, mm-hmm. where only a certain demographic could afford something on the website. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have products on the website that go for less than $10. And then there's products on the website that cost about $150. So it's the average is probably about $70. Um, on the website and it ranges from skincare and bath and body and hair and makeup. There's also wellness products too that you take internally to support, um, you know, and, you know, your inner wellness. Cause you know, I always say beauty is an inside job. So mm-hmm. what you put in should echo what you put on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the, the people who, who believe in that philosophy are the people who shop at pretty well beauty. It's also people who are curious, you know, people who just love beauty and, they love to explore and, and discover new brands. Um, that's one of the fun things about beauty is that it does invite um, a lot of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try to keep things, um, you know, a little bit of something for everybody. Well, that's awesome. Um, can you tell me, because I know most brands have what they call like a, a signature product or a product that is the most popular, you know, among their brand. Do you have a signature product or one that's most popular? I wouldn't say the word signature per se. I will say that the skincare category um, is the most popular. So people tend to really love um, facial oils and serums and cleansers. Those are probably the, the best selling items. Mm-hmm. Um but I wouldn't say that there's a signature um, product or, or even brand um, just because there's, there's a lot of different brands on the website. So um, I guess a couple of my best selling items would be um, a, a, the, the Rose Serum by a brand called ODL Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, also um, the Body Serum and Facial Cleanser by Leland Francis are also very popular and, and, and pretty um, big sellers. Um, what else? Uh, oh, pretty much everything by Henna Organics, which is a line of organic lip care products. So they have things like lip exfoliators. They even have a lip mask and a mm-hmm. lip serum. And they have four lip tints, which are really beautiful and universally flattering. Um, so that line does really, really well. Pretty much that. I mean, when I first launched, the lip exfoliators sold really fast. Well, that's that's awesome. Um, you know, there are so many people out here, you know, selling beauty care products, um, uh, health and wellness pro- products, um, you know, that speak to beauty and things of that sort. So... Um, that is really awesome that you're able to, you know, still be competitive and have so many brands. And I think that's one thing too, that probably makes your brand unique is that you sell a lot of different brands under your brand. Um, so uh, people have a variety to choose from. So I think that's really good. Um, can you tell me what was the most challenging thing for you to overcome in starting your business? Oh God, where do I start? <laughs> I mean, this is this is my first go as a as an entrepreneur, and I'm a solo entrepreneur too. So that one is when that in itself is very challenging because, um, you know, you a lot of people when they start a company, they might have a co-founder and they have someone who they can bounce ideas off of, and they can share resources, and they can 
divide the workload. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. So everything falls on my shoulders. I'm completely bootstrapped my business too. So I don't have any outside funding. So funding is definitely a big challenge. Um, finding creative ways to, um, um, you know, build your brand awareness and to get, get your customers to, um, come to your website. Um, that's very, I mean, pretty much everything is challenging, but it's exciting because I'm learning this past year, I've learned so much, um, not only about business, but even just about myself. I've had a lot of personal growth as well. So, um, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's anything about starting a, starting this business that I didn't find challenging. Nothing really, it, it's funny because all of my friends, they'll say, oh my gosh, like you make everything look so easy. And I'm just like, boy, oh boy. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really not um, everything like juggling a lot of different hats when you're the solo employee um, at, at a company um, but at the same time, there's benefits to that too. I get to call all the yeah. shots. I get to make all the decisions. Yeah. I can, you know, I can work with who I want to work and not work with who I don't want to work. So, and I don't have to, I don't have to bounce. Um, I don't have to get permission from anyone. So, you know, that part is cool um, for now. Um, I don't know how long that will last. Um, oh, just you wait. The or, bigger you grow. Huh? I said, just you wait. The bigger you grow, <laughs> the more you'll yeah, be like, oh, exactly. I need to take <laughs> So I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy the journey <laughs> right now. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to uh, give our business banker tip for the day, for the week. And we're going to see how you can purchase um, from Jasmine. Um, and how you can follow her and support her. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Business Banker Spotlight with Lady J right here on JQLM Radio. All right, and welcome back to the show. You are tuned in to the Business Banker Spotlight with Lady J right here on JQLM Radio. And we've been talking to jasmine alvarez about her beauty care product line um she currently carries 30 you said 30 brands right underneath your on your platform so she carries 30 uh brands um and her goal is to um set the highest standards when it comes to shopping and discovering clean green beauty brands so if you're looking to purchase uh, beauty care products that skincare makeup you know all of that good stuff internal you know things that you can take internally that are all natural you know or green you know you, you one of those people that love to go green and things of that sort then definitely check her out so jasmine can you tell us yeah. uh, the name of your brand again where people can purchase and how they can follow you sure so my brand is pretty well beauty and you can shop at prettywellbeauty.com that's p-r-e-t-t-y w-e-l-l b-e-a-u-t-y dot com and you can follow on instagram at prettywellbeauty the same at facebook as well and twitter is be pretty well awesome now if you could give advice to anyone that is wanting to transition from a company 
from a really big company like the one that you were in, you know, they have, um, you know, uh, um, made it to the the highest possible position they could be in and what they're doing. Um, and they're wanting to start their own brand, but are a little scared because of that security. What would be your advice? I would say, and this is what I always tell people, make sure it's something that you really love and really believe in. And it's something that if money were no object that you would do for free because you are going to do it for free for at least yes, the first yes, couple of I years. Yes, tell people that. The, 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 tell people that too. <laughs> yes, it has to be a passion. Um, yes, it has to be a passion. And also, you know, really understand um, if they're, then understand what you're doing. You know, make sure that there's a real market fit for it. Don't just go out there and just think that you can turn any hobby into a business. It just doesn't always work that way for everybody. So do your research, you know, prepare yourself as much as possible. Get mentors, um, people who are experts in areas of business where you are not. Um, that's really key. Um, and really budget. Look at your finances. See how much you have to be able to live off of, um, to be able to live um, as well as um, fund your business and how long that's going to take so that you can kind of build out a financial plan so that you know when you might have to start raising money or maybe go back to work. So um, at any point, did you work and build your brand at the same time, whether it was full-time or part-time? Because I know a lot of people do that. I know I did that when I transitioned. No, I didn't. I, j I transitioned cold turkey. <laughs> wow. A lot of people <laughs> like, you know, I think I went from full-time then to part-time and then just went ahead and transitioned on. Now, I think a lot of people use that income to kind of launch the business or, you know, get the materials and, you know, any licensing and things of that sort that they need. Um, but quitting cold I mean, turkey, I, I, I know too many people doing, I was doing research and I was, um, you know, I started an Instagram account just to kind of share my, um, my, um, my messaging, mm -hmm. but, you know, I didn't have the time, like working as a producer, I was traveling all the time, you know, when I wasn't traveling, I was preparing for the next shoot. So there was, there weren't, the hours didn't exist, mm -hmm. you know, for me to start a business while working full time, unfortunately. Wow, that's now that is something that you could definitely share with entrepreneurs. Now, I do know that everybody likes to share their story of success, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship. But um, what people don't like to share are the, uh, I should say, not so much the difficulties, but the failures in entrepreneurship. And I, I wouldn't really want to call them failures because if you get up and try it again, then you really didn't fail. It's really more of a lesson. But right. um, can you share maybe one of the most profound um, lessons that you've learned in this last year um, with some of the entrepreneurs? Uh, just, I mean, knowing, let's just put it out there, as an entrepreneur, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall. You're going to feel like quitting almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but those moments will it. happen. That's that's pretty much inevitable. Um, I think in the beginning for me, not asking the right questions when it came down to um, the the company that I partnered with to build my website. I don't have a technical background, so 
I didn't know the right questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know until you until it's too late sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's unavoidable. That's just one of those life lessons that you you just have to you just have to learn along the way. Um, you also find out very quickly who your friends are when you're starting something from scratch and who they are not. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that was something that was a very um, eye-opening and painful lesson that I learned in 2019, um, but one that needed to be had. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think uh, other mistakes or, or lessons um, that 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 you you might find as as an entrepreneur starting out is um, it's it's a very lonely path. A lot of times you're spending a lot of time by yourself and you're going to second guess mm-hmm. a lot of the decisions that you are having to make on a daily basis. Um, I think this is where instinct and intuition come into play. You're going to have to rely pretty heavily on that. Um, for me, I, I struggle with that sometimes because I'm afraid of making mistakes. I think that's the perfectionist in me. But as you said before, Mistakes shouldn't be looked at as bad things. They should be looked at as opportunities to learn and to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that certainly has been the case for me. Um, and, you know, being mindful of the people who you let in and you share um, your your ideas with. Um, oh, it's yeah. okay to talk about them, but you want to be very selective about who you talk about them with. Because not everybody is going to have your best interest at heart. Right. So that's just something to be aware of. Yeah, and you want to make sure that they aren't dream killers. So yeah, because um, that absolutely. can be you know um I know Pastor Eli Johnson of the People's Church he talked about he talks about that um you know telling you telling your, your your dreams to dream killers you know can be detrimental sometimes um I tend to tell people a lot of times depending upon the season that you're in to make learn how to move in stealth mode. You know, a lot of times we get excited about what's coming up or what's going on. But, you know, there's always going to be kinks. There's always going to be issues. There's maybe a few setbacks along the way, you know, and the minute that it looks like it's not going to work out or it doesn't look like what it is that you shared or something like that, uh, then the (laughs) the consequence can be detrimental if you allow it to, you know, knock you off your game. So. It's always good to, you know, realize what season you're in. And, and sometimes you have to move in stealth mode. Um, so I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, in the lesson with, because this seems to be a, a major lesson across the board for any entrepreneur, no matter what type of industry they go into, no matter what type of business they're starting, that they always say you find out who your friends are. Just like if you're in a crisis, you find out who your <laughs> friends are based on how they react to the crisis that you're in. It's yep. the same thing with business. You find out who your friends are based on how they react to the dream that you share, to the things that you're getting ready to do. That uh, And I know some people, they try to make you feel like you're small, you know, or, you know, <laughs> um, well, I'm proud of you in that little business over there or that little you know, event that you're planning. So tell me, do you, have you found it to be that um, even now, a year later, that strangers or people that you don't know support more than the people that you do know? A hundred percent. Absolutely. 
this past year, some of my biggest supporters and the people who have been my biggest champions and who have brought other wonderful people into my life are people that I just met last year. Um, yeah, the people who I knew before, a lot of them are still in the picture, but a lot of them aren't at all. Um, but I would say it's pretty evenly split when you, when I really look at the, the people that are in my inner circle and who are my biggest um, support system. Mm -hmm. It's pretty evenly split between people that I knew pre Pretty Well Beauty and post-launch. Huh. That is amazing because um, oftentimes our success doesn't necessarily look like what we thought it was going to look like but sometimes it's hard for certain people to accept that and we feel like those who know us are obligated to support us you know or they should support us and they're really not but it is a lesson in because a lot of us tend to make seasonal people permanent you know mm -hmm. um, yeah. people in our That's lives and they're true. really not so um it's time for our business banger tip of the week and once we get done with the business maker tip, um, we're going to give final thoughts and wrap up the show. So our business maker tip for the week is all about how to stay competitive. So one of the ways that you can stay competitive in your industry means to keep costs low and to be able to provide quality service or products is to keep your overhead costs as low as possible. So overhead costs include things like uh, office space or uh, storefront, um, materials for if you, if you are carrying products um, or services, you know, um, office uh, products, paper, you know, ink, uh, software uh, fees, things of that sort. Um, also any shipping costs, uh, payroll uh how so you want to take into account if you have employees how many employees can you actually afford because that's an expense so you want to make sure that your overhead costs are as low as possible so that you don't have to jack up prices on your products to cover your overhead costs your payroll and things of that sort it keeps customers coming back and it keeps you competitive within your industry so one way you can do that is to make sure you study the top three in your industry. So this is what I do for any business that I have ever developed for somebody or any business that I've started or um, whether it has been a, a multi-million dollar company all the way down to a startup. You have to study the top three in your industry. Look at what they provide, who their target is, what prices um, they uh what are their prices for those services and what all is all inclusive and what's not included. That's also a way for you to um, look at how you can be set apart with the industry. So that is your business banker tip for the week. All right, Jasmine. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, final thoughts. Um, yeah, I think that this is a really great time for entrepreneurship, particularly for women, um, especially with the state of our um, economy. I think that if you have a great idea and you um, have the passion and the and the knowledge and the expertise to execute, I would 
I would encourage you to start start as soon as possible, even if it's small and you can't start your you can't leave your full time job just yet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of freedom and um, when it, there's a lot of freedom and a lot of resources that are available out there that were not before. So I would encourage anyone who's thinking about starting a business um, to to just do it. Like you only get one shot at this life, um, at this particular life. We always come back again, as we know. But <laughs> but yeah, make the most of of the of the time and opportunities that you have now. And yeah, and network your butt off. Talk to as many people as you can, and uh, just be brave and fearless because that's what we're here to do. I like that, brave and fearless. I know a lot of people feel like they ain't able, but trust me, <laughs> when you leave, you'll be surprised at the things you, you can force yourself or motivate yourself to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, leap and the net shall appear. Yes. So if you, what you put out in the universe, your intentions that you put out there, the universe will support you. I 100% believe in that because that's, that's the only reason why I'm in the position that I'm in right now. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's, that's it. So, Jasmine, I want to thank you so much for being on our guest tonight. Um, thank you. Did you did an amazing job. Um, as tonight, one last time, can you tell everybody the name of your product or the name of your brand, I'm sorry, where they can purchase and how they can follow you? Yes, it's Pretty Well Beauty, and you can shop at prettywellbeauty.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pretty Well Beauty and Twitter at Be Pretty Well, B-E Pretty Well. Thank you. So we have come down to the end of our show. Uh, thank you, my fellow girl boss, uh, Jasmine Alvarez, for being on the show again tonight. You have been tuned in to the Business Banker Spotlight Show with Lady J. Make sure that you all tune in tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the kickoff for our special edition celebrity series for the I'm Possible Radio Show. So different Tuesdays throughout the rest of the year I will be featuring a celebrity whether that be in the music industry um, the athletic industry um, the movie industry uh, speakers uh, all across the the board Um, I have Grammy winners, Grammy nominated people on here, the IMEA awards um, and so on and so forth. Tomorrow night 6pm, tune in our very first guest will be none other than Anaya Lovenote who is an R&B singer um, she, her new single features the Yin Yang Twins. She will be on tour with the Millennium Tour with Omarion and Bow Wow. So she'll be telling her personal story. So the celebrities are going to get up close and personal with us and give us the raw details on the things that they've experienced, you know, in their life and what they've overcome. You have to hear this young lady's story, you know, overcoming, uh, growing up in the foster care system, having a dad that was absent and a mother in and out of jail. So tune in tomorrow night to the Unpossible Radio Show. And you all know the Unpossible Radio Show, the regular episodes happen on Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Remember that business bangers stay ready. Y'all have a good night. <laughs>